7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, Greg, and good evening, and uh, thanks everyone for staying with us on SAFM and joining us on SAFM Spot on on uh, this Boxing Wednesday, where we like to talk all things to do with the fistic sport. We have. Two matters on our hands here. Uh, one is where a boxer is accusing BSA, that's Boxing South Africa, of denying him an opportunity to fight uh, despite being cleared by two doctors on a medical condition. But BSA have told him that he cannot fight because they are worried about this condition. And the boxer we're talking about here is the former bad boy of SA Boxing, Jared the Storm Lovett, who says uh, uh, that he's turned his life around and he was set to make a return to the ring after a 10-year absence. He was due to fight this weekend against him to Duzimoyo in Tefontaine. Uh, if the name sounds familiar, then you might remember that he was a, a prospect of the year back in 08. He was then suspended by Boxing SA for an, uh, for use of a banned substance after a hearing in 09 following his fight with Tommy Osthazen uh, for the vacant IBO Youth Light Heavyweight title. So Jared has agreed to speak to us tonight about this current situation and we actually have clips of him talking at a press conference yesterday expressing his disappointment at being told that he cannot fight anymore. We'll also hear from his promoter Andre Taser and we've also invited Boxing South Africa to talk to us uh, about uh, this matter and they've agreed to speak to us never a dull day in boxing another matter in front of us is uh, the review of a fight that took place last month between Usia Kolakuse and the SA Mini Flyweight Champion Kolisa Makusha. It took place in uh, East London. Uh, Makusha won the fight but Kuse felt he was robbed. He wrote to BSA through Advocate Amala to ask for a review and the verdict came out last night which is very interesting. I'm going to read it to you but in the initial fight the judges had scored it 115-114 that was Judge Lulama Mkia uh, Stembile Tom 115-113 and Siavabaza Boy 116112 and uh, but he did ask uh, then they did ask for a rescoring and a review of the fight and now there seems to be some confusion regarding the statement uh, from BSA after they've reviewed the fight they have officially ordered a rematch but we're also going to ask them just to clarify for us and I think it gives us a great chance to also understand how the review process works here and then we are hoping to also talk to Sanabo we've reached out to them that's their matcha association of boxing they've agreed uh, to speak to us uh, the president Mr. Mofu we just want to try and understand why we don't have a boxing team at the African Games which are currently underway in Morocco remember these games used to be known as the All Africa Games they're now the African Games and uh, I know that some federations are using this as the road to next year's Olympic Games in Tokyo and uh, I was at Rio 2016 in Brazil. It was very disappointing not to see South African boxing being represented. So we just wanted to understand uh, from the president of uh, Sanabo as to... Um, how far are our boxers qualifying for the games and qualifying for the games? Are we on track? Do we have prospects? I do believe, though, that the African Games were not a qualifier for the Olympic Games. But you would think that uh, South Africa should have boxing at the All-African Games. Surely, I even saw one of our own here at the SABC, the trainer, Colin Nathan, has gone to the African Games. He's not telling us why he's there, but he's obviously on a scouting mission, probably looking for talent to sign uh, to MTK global there uh, but yeah let's we'll hopefully get uh, to Sanabo to find out just about the state of uh, not how much of boxing but just about the road to Tokyo 2020 do we have any hopefuls that we can look forward to uh, that can qualify for the Olympic Games so if you want to weigh in on any of our conversations uh, feel free the lines are open you can send a whatsapp voice note on 061 4104 
0614-104-107. And uh, we also have an SMS line, which is 41391. And our studio number here on SAFM is 0891-104-207. For those on social media, we are using the hashtag SAFM Spot On as we talk all things to do with the sweet signs. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. So then before we speak to Jared about uh, why he was uh, denied an opportunity to fight this weekend by Boxing SA, he says it's politics and all sorts of things. Uh, let's just hear what he had to say at the press conference yesterday um, ahead of uh, his supposed fight against them to do Moya, which was due to take place um, in Tefantain this coming weekend. Let's hope it's not cancelled, boss. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously I've put a lot into this comeback. It's been nearly 10 years I've been at the rink. Um, it's been, I've had a little goal recently, so I've completely changed my ways. And there's been a lot of rebuilding, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication into, into this rematch. Um, the injury that BSA are complaining about, unfortunately, was cleared when I was 16 years old already uh, for the national team. I made the national, I got my national colours. I represented South Africa three different occasions where I won my title twice, also included a South African Games victory. I went on then to turn I was prospect of the year for 2010. Um, I then had a running uh, one streak of nine fights, nine knockouts, where I fought Tommy Ostasen, lost on a split decision for RBO World Title, um, and I got a suspension for testing positive for a very small amount of a banned substance. Um, I uh, served 10 years where I was still active in training and that. Um, we went to sports, uh, drug free sports uh, South Africa. They cleared my name, I was back in the ring. They've used my name to market, to advertise. I've personally sold over 200 tickets for this place. The, the whole VIP section sold out already. I'm, I'm just a big draw. It's not, not to myself as a form of arrogance, it's just people love to watch me, whether it's to be beat, whether it's to support me, i just got a very good following. So they've used my name and marked me, it's been a long, long road of come, come back, nearly uh, two years of prep. Uh, where I finally got into the stage where I've gotten my sponsors, I've gotten back in, I've gotten things, and I've come this close to a fight where now BSA have created a problem where there obviously is none. As I've, my record speaks for itself, and uh, in this prep I've been in the sport with some of the best in the world. There's Isaac Chalembe, Flo Simba, um, I went to Southwestern Sports at Nelson, I got some of the champs that are appearing on this and Lionel. So I mean I've been under the best footage and I'm in some of the best condition and best shape of my life, not only mentally but physically. So this is this is a big thing for me and of course I'm hoping I still get to appear on Saturday and we'll be fighting this case to the end. Well, doesn't seem like that's the case at the moment, but uh, we've had a little bit of what Jared had to say yesterday. Let's speak to him. Now Jared, good evening from us and thank you for speaking to us on SAFM. So much for having me on, eh? Thanks, man. Before we get into the matter at hand here, I believe that Jared is a changed man now. You've turned your life around. What kind of space are you in right now? Oh, so I'm in one of the best places of my life. I've had an inspirational baby little girl uh, with an outstanding mother, and it's brought me to a place in my life of, uh, you know, I've re- really reinvented myself, uh, whether it be in my boxing, in my sport, uh, in my passions, and just in my career in general. You, your, your troubles are well documented, but what have you learned from those days? Oh, of course. So, uh, coming into a world title shot at 22 years old, uh, there's a huge ego involved, a huge amount of arrogance. Um, you know, it was hot, hot, hot tempered, hot, uh, you know, hot headed. Um, and I was, I was, I was very hungry as a young man. I was hungry for world title. Um, I was hungry to follow my dreams. And I just used to pretty much overpower, I would use my strength and now, Wisdom, time, and it's slowed me down a lot. Um, I've, I've engaged more in my boxing brain. I've uh, become a lot more spiritual. It's been one of the first times where I've completely submitted and, and been under God. Uh, he's watchful, grace, and, and, and uh, light. So, yes, uh, it's, it's been a big change, a big difference in my life. And uh, I'm looking forward to stepping in the ring again uh, with that headspace. 
Oh, that's really good to hear, uh, Jared. Oh, you, you. you were initially banned for two years for using a banned substance, but I've I, I've seen now that it was actually sixteen years. How did how did that happen then? Ah, uh, yeah. So what happened was um, I was using a supplement off the shelf, as you know, uh, they're very competitive. So one of the substance, uh, the supplements I used had a bad substance, and I got given t- uh, two years suspension. Unfortunately, I had retired at the time. I called it that if I'd lost my world title to Tommy Ustazen, uh that I would retire. So I announced my retirement on national television. Mm-hmm. And about four months down the line, they came to test me again. Um, I was in the gym. I wasn't competing at all. And due to a second positive test, they then gave me 16 years. Um, I wasn't in any any state of mind to appeal uh, so I just sat back and, and I repaired my life and my head and got myself into condition and and shape and when when I was ready uh, I took up the role and appealed the situation and of course the the sentence was a bit harsh so uh, they had no problem in uh, withdrawing my appeal and yeah I gave me a lot of sentence of 10 years which I have I've filled and 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 how was your time away from boxing I remember there was a story that you take up cage fighting Yes, so I was actually I was actually pretty successful in the cage where I had four fights, uh, all four knockouts. Um, also, once again, when I started getting further and noticed, uh, politics became a problem, and a lot of people stepped in. So I slowly stepped back, and I became I took up a lot of uh, training, like I trained with a few people in Durban, uh, and the big T and Naku Games, one of the best gyms in Durban. Give them a big shout out to my brothers in O three one. Yeah, so I trained a lot of people and got involved with feeding the less fortunate as well. Um, and I actually opened up my own NPO, a non-profit organisation called Hunger Ministries, uh, which was also backed by the amazing mother much in the spaces um, she backed it and we fed we were feeding nearly 30 to 90 people uh, nearly every day uh, of our lives which was a blessing like a huge blessing and experience a huge eye-opener <coughs> for me so that's where my heart and soul went and what I kind of followed I got into light ministry we used to do small preachings <coughs> I actually have now got a job with a new um, rehab in Durban so I'll be starting lectures and small inspirational talks over there so yeah my life completely done a completely 360 uh, under the grace and blessings of God and amazing uh, tutoring of my father, my mother, um, mm. the amazing mother and of course the, the, the drive my new baby girl has given me. Mm. Now, now and then what motivated your, re- your return then to boxing after 10 years or so out? Uh, well, so, so to, to, to close off a big passion of mine, I've been boxing my whole life. I've been involved in the sport for 26 years. Um, me and my father, it's been, a, it's been, a, it's been a big road. And to close it off where, I mean, I, I didn't perform at my best. Um, I was some banned substance. I went down, uh, you know, the wrong path. And mm. to perform under that level and that, and, and to show myself as that type of athlete for the person I am, I didn't feel that that door's closed. And I'd just like to come back, um, and, and finish off for like a long-term passion and love of mine. And also for my baby girl to experience with father in, in the best state because that's where I was at my best in, in the ring clean uh, filling out my passion and my love and I just uh, it's a book I want to close off for me my heart my family and also not only that to a lot of the people that I help the NPO has got a lot of marketing and you've got a lot of sponsors and people backing you know every, everybody loves their comeback story so through the story we've got a lot of backing through our NPO and we now I've got, I've got a good, good structures and good people behind me uh, willing to put a lot of money back into feeding these people and all it takes is filling my passion and filling mm-hmm. my role in sports and, and doing it with the, with the guidance of God has also changed that because I've slowly sat, sat back and, and let God open up the own doors before me and he's led me this far so I have no doubt that he won't close me at this point in my life so I'm confident I'm in
Out of this morning, <laughs> we're pushing back in the gym. So, so I'm ready. If they find me tomorrow and we're clear, I'll be ready to fight. Um, if they find me in three months, I'll be ready to fight. Uh, this road and this, uh, what I'm on in my journey is a lot bigger than BSA, uh, a lot bigger than the politics and, and, and nitty gritty <laughs> that get fought. I mean, uh, my record speaks for itself. My last operation was 16. And since that, I've had nearly a knockout streak of 98% knockout ratio and only been defeated by one of South Africa's best boxers yet, Tommy Ostazen, yeah. which has gone on to be, to be defeated to be soon. I'm some of the best in the world. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm very proud of this road. A lot bigger than that. So I'm putting my head down, um, keeping it on track, keeping my NPO going and keeping the things and people that matter to me close. And I know the roads will open up for themselves. Okay, then we're going to talk about the matter at hand now and this politics that you're referring to. But just want to take a quick break if you can just stay with us, Jared. For those who've just joined us, we're speaking to Jared the Storm Lovett. He was due to make his return after a 10-year absence um, in the ring. He was going to fight this weekend against Duduzi Moyo, but BSIF not cleared him to fight and we're going to get into that after this break if you want to weigh in on any of our conversations throughout the show tonight you can call us 0891 our sms line is 41391 and we do take voice notes on whatsapp on 061 4104 call tabby now 0891 104 207 okay still speaking to the storm now jared you mentioned before the break um that um there's an issue with your eye, which seems to be the reason that Boxing SA has not cleared you. Firstly, what seems to be the issue? Uh, well, you uh, during my, one of my qualifiers for Olympics, I uh, fought in Thompson McQuinn, and I got caught with a rock, uh, and it's, uh, it's created a lot of slight clottage and stuff. So what they did was they drained it and filled it with gas, um, and that was it. So to, I'll continue to box. I went into a year of rehabilitation where I trained, and yeah, then I came, I, ca- I came back to the ring. And uh, there were no complications whatsoever, because uh, so we can see the record speaks for myself. Um, Dr. Kruger, which is one of the most distinguished doctors in the world, not only in this country, because he travels around and does this all over the world, um, he gave me clearance. Um, he also did another athlete called Salif Mabuza. I'm sure everybody's familiar, yeah, one yeah. of our best world champions. Yeah. Um, also, um, Sugar Ray uh, fought, um, he fought actually, he fought one of his hardest fights against Marvin Hagler uh, with a torn retina and, and the gas behind his eye. And it's actually one of his best performances. So, uh, I mean, this will never be a problem. My records speak for itself. I think uh, since my return when I was 17, only two athletes or three athletes will be able to go the distance with me. And one of them being Tommy Ostazen and the other one being in the South African Games Finals. I mean, uh, uh, even, my, even my cage record spoke for itself. So, I mean, it's an injury that, that, I mean, when I was doing well and I was performing under great in the BSA and I was prospect of the year and I was getting all these awards in SABC, why, were they not, why was it not a problem then? Because the, the injury was 10 years in. Why is it all of a sudden now such an issue? First, it was a drug board. We got cleared there. First, let's go for a test. Oh, we went for a test. I got cleared by myself. Then there was another test. Let the BSA, um, one of the BSA officials be there. We went to that test. I paid for it myself. A uh, thousand four hundred later, they came. They watched the test. They witnessed it. Um, they signed off. The, the next, the next professor signed off. And now, unfortunately, some, uh, he is actually it's a gynecologist. BSA is gynecologist. Uh, rights off and disapproves of this. So uh, whatever politics or integrity is behind going behind, that's that's the own. I just keep my head down um, <coughs> and keep keep hard working. I just want to give a special thanks and shout out to Mark Bristow, <coughs> Lionel Hunter, and their Mankis and Leo Gloss for all the support and love that they've given me through this camp <coughs> and even through this uh, through this small bump that we face at the moment. So you say you went to your own doctor. Your doctor cleared you. Did BSA take you to their own doctor? 
then who did not clear you? Afterwards, they recommended they recommended a doctor and a specialist. We went to that specialist. There was a BSA official uh, present. I passed all my tests. My results were actually better than the ones I did ten years ago, which shows improvement. Um, that that specialist cleared me and said there's no problem with any of my peripherals or nothing like that. BSA the BSA official was involved. They wrote to the field, so everything was pretty much clear. I got that report. That report was cleared. And BSA not only did that, but they told um, Joyce, the promoter, that I was cleared by email to fight. Not only Joyce, but my manager and my promoter. As in, this camp's taken five weeks out of my life, five weeks out of my ministry, yeah. five weeks away from my baby girl, five weeks away from my job in Durban, my, my personal training clients. Uh, it's taken a lot of my life because I prepped and I got confirmation. We didn't just go suck our thumbs and say, hey, we're going to go put our whole lives and souls into a boxing and into a return because we're just guessing that we accept it. So and after so they cleared you, the they came back again and said you're not cleared? Uh, yes, and we must go for another test. So we did the, they first appealed drug board, then we went to the drug board. They yeah. gave us our clearance because I had, had, had done the sentence. Then we went to the first specialist. It wasn't good enough because I chose the specialist. We agreed, okay, you choose the specialist. They chose the specialist. They wanted an official a present. So we've gone through the structures over and over again. And I mean, why wasn't this a problem uh, 10 years ago when I was fighting and I was, and I was getting their boxing uh, uh, prospect of the year award? Why didn't they appeal or ask it then? Because it, uh, it was a moneymaker and I filled seats. <laughs> and now when there's a different promoter and a different jurisdiction involved, there's just a bit of politics and, and stuff, which I'm not going to get involved in. That's my manager's and my promoter's job and my trainer's. Uh, that's behind closed doors. I put my head down. I was back in the gym this morning, as I say, with my dad. We were working pairs, put, put in the hours in the gym, and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> it, it seems like, Jared, sorry to come in, it seems like as, as, as late as yesterday, you were not sure if you were cleared or not, and you're fighting this Saturday. When did you then fight? find out um, at the at the pre-press conference that we attended because the doctor was present so, well, the yeah. guy, sorry the gynecologist was present and he he had the appeal to say anything sure and um yeah. and, and and now you've you you say that this is a political matter it's not for medical reasons we'll actually uh, speak to your promoter after this but how does this affect the tournament because uh you you've always had quite a decent following uh, yes, was we, we've had a lot of people. I mean, we've flown people personally in from Durban. There's been supporters and structures and family flown in from Cape Town. I mean, my, my baby and uh, uh, her, her mama has taken time off work. And, you know, there's been a lot of investment in falling into this, also because of what it is behind. It's, a, it's behind the NPO. It's behind a better cause. You know, we feed, we feed, we feed kids now. There's a, there's a lot of good people and a lot of good push involved. And, and there's a lot of good spirit about this camp. And, and it's not just about the, not just about the single fight. It's about the growth and the push. So, so there was a lot of people and a lot of backing, a lot of companies and a, and a lot of good structured people that put a lot of effort and love, and love behind us. Yeah. <laughs> well, on Twitter, Nazim says, if he's cleared to return to the ring, why does BSA not give him another chance? Uh, that's why we don't need politics in sport. I wish him all the best. Um, this can really kill the sport or destroy uh, someone in the country. So what's next now? Do you let it go or do you, do you fight it? Um, we, we have fought slightly, as I said, that's, uh, that's, my, that's behind the curtains, that's my manager's and my promoter's job. Uh, my job is to have faith and put my head down and carry on doing what I do in the ring. Okay, and then um, we're going to speak now to the promoter, Andre uh, Taser, who looks after uh, Jared's affairs. Is Andre on the line there? Andre, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us. Oh, okay, we don't have Andre on the line yet. And um, now... <laughs> So you're saying basically on Saturday you're not fighting, Jared? 
That's that's I'm, confirmed I'm gonna, now. I'm going to go wait in. Um, I'm going to make my weight. Uh, I'm going to make the light heavyweight division, and I'm going to go make my weight. I'm going to follow my instruction procedures as an athlete. That's my job as an athlete is to make my weight and to step in the red, ring ready and conditioned. Um, now the people that are backing me, uh, my dad. My dad's been amazing. We've got a couple of attorneys involved, and of course, you know, there's been lots of income. Uh, you know, there's been structures. Uh, people have put money behind us. I've got people. Like, there's over 140 tickets that I know were sold referring to me. People want their money back, and you know. It's a big palaver, but uh, fortunately for my great team and all the love and, and support I got behind me, they're taking care of that job. And me and my dad are back in the gym every morning. So that's my main concern is keeping sharp, keeping fit. And uh, God given, if the fight does happen on Saturday, I'll step in in my best mentally and physically. Okay, let's speak to the promoter then, Andre Taser. Thanks, Jared, for speaking to us. Uh, Andre, good evening. And uh, also thank you for joining us here on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso. Nice to be. Welcome to everybody. Firstly, um, Jared says he's a changed man. He's over his troubles now. Is that something you can attest to? Yes. Um, when, when I spoke, when I met Jared about two or three years ago, um, he had his ups and downs, what he was doing. Uh, after that, uh, meeting Jared again, you can see it's a changed man. You can see he put his life right and uh, he's doing the right thing for himself. Mm. And um, what were you guys looking to achieve from this fight? What was the bigger plan? Well, we we got a three a three fight deal with him to get uh three fights down his back as fast as possible before the end of December. And then uh, of course the next one will be Nicholas Radley that's holding the uh, SA title to fight for, for the title. But he's, he's just told us that he's not been cleared by BSA. Do we, would you say that's a fair decision? Well, at the at the moment he's not cleared by BSA. BSA uh, we, we started with this whole process on the 8th of Jul- uh, July where we uh, applied for his application to box again. Uh, we got his suspens- suspension lifted on the 4th of July. And uh, we st- started his application on the 8th of July. Um, we got a response back from BSA on the 12th of August saying that somebody, a numerous, uh, uh, anonymous person, gave them information that Jared is blind in his one eye. Um, Jared responded back to them to say to him that uh, to, to uh, them to say that he had an operation on his eye, but his do- his own doctor, his own surgeon, um, cleared him for fights from when he was 17 years old. Yeah. The operation happened when he was 17. Um, he was in an Olympic squad, and they've been looking after him their whole life. So they cleared him on all on, on all aspects of his eye not being right. Um, BSA looked at it and said, okay, we have to get an uh, opinion again. And we went for to Dr. Payne for, to do the test on him. Um, Dr. Payne's uh, response came back. Personally, when I read it, to me, it looks good. Mm. Um, I think when Jared reads it, it looks good. Um, when a doctor of BSA reads it, they got um, some issues. Uh, on, 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 on that fact, they decided uh, not to give Jared his license. We've been fighting since yesterday about it. I think I'm one of the, the, the guys that will stand up for boxers and fight for them. And and we've been fighting up until the 4 o'clock this afternoon. I was still in, in meetings with um, the director of operations. And she made it clear to me, and, and she referred me to, unfortunately, to the regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3.2.D, where it says uh, if you had any eye surgery or uh, retinal detachment, 
that is one of the reasons they cannot give him a license. My argument to them is, you did it before, and his own surgeon cleared him. So I don't see why we can't get a license. That's my opinion. Um, BSA is just sticking to the rules at the moment. Um, they got the regulation behind them, and they are sticking to it. Um, I personally haven't got the resources uh, to, to, to go fight him in court on this. Um, if Jared got and Jared wants uh, to go ahead, I think as a promoter, I'll support him. I'm very upset that he didn't get it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so upset with him not getting his license because I really think this kid can go far. This kid can become a champion. Well, he's not a kid anymore. He's now a man, but he yeah. can become a champion. And uh, I'd show such good hopes for him. And to get it smashed like a day of the press conference, it's not nice. It's um, it's actually very odd. So it is, uh, I was about to ask, Andre, was that not too close to the fight that you only find out now so uh, this week? And also, what would have taken so long then? Well, it, it, it was to get... Um, the, the, the surgeons are very, very busy. They're very fully booked. We suffered to get appointments done. Eventually, Dr. Salebi got an appointment done for us. And uh, Jared went to that appointment with uh, Cindy from uh, the Director of Operations, Cindy Nkomo. Um They went there and they did the full uh, test on him. And uh, they got back and we got the report. As I say, when I read the report, I'm not a doctor, but if no. I read the report, to me... That boy is good to fight. And that's a fighter. I think he's good to fight. BSA got concerns, and they didn't allow him to get a license. Um, we've been fighting, as I say, we've been fighting about it. But if you if, if they keep on putting back to the regulation, there's nothing I can do further, because it says directly there. I just would have thought, I think BSA tried their best to get to a point to help, and I don't know what they see differently in the report than me. Um, as I said, I'm not a doctor, so I can't explain what a doctor of BSA is seeing in that report that we don't see. So, so basically, the two, the, basically, you have the report, BSA has the report, but you are interpreting it differently. When, when, when it says to me, um, it's improved or it is stable, to me, it's fine. <laughs> to me, as a person, that's fine. That mm. boy can box. But... If a doctor looks and he says, our, our rule says he has to have this vision, he has to have that vision, which we don't we don't know the, all, all those smaller things, then yeah, now, now we're sitting with the cash situation. What do we do now? Um, I still think, I, I personally still think he can box. That's me. Uh, but and, yeah. and, I think and, we, have, we have to follow... What BSA is saying, and, and we have to take it from there and go to arbitration and see if there's anything we can do about it, or, or sit down and see. We might not fight this, this fight, but let's see, can we do something going forward? Now, Andre, why would then you go ahead and promote the fight and everything else before uh, you get his license or before he's cleared? Okay, what happened is when, when I got Jared cleared, I um, said, okay, let's do. Let's go and do the sporting in uh, Bloom, uh, Durban, where he stayed. Let's do the sporting. Let's get everybody to come and look at it. Let BSA do what they need to do. Uh, I followed 
not the, the correct process. I just phoned the guys up in Durban that I knew is a provincial manager um, and said, go ahead, do this, do this, do this. Uh, I got then later told, BSA has to do that. I then followed the right procedures, got BSA to do it. Mm. So BSA then said to us, um, this is the procedures and all of that. You guys must go for sparring. I said, yes, we'll do it. It's in Durban. In that meantime, that's where they got the information, unanimous information from somebody saying that he's blind in the way up one eye. They didn't, they didn't go through with the sparring here in Joburg, but they started with the process of finding um, an eye specialist to take him there to get that done. In the meantime, we kept him on the ball and kept him training because I believe his eye is right. He boxed before, he boxed from the age of 17, he was still boxing when he had the operation, he became Olympic, he, he fought Tommy Westhaven, and to me he was still right. To me there was nothing wrong with him, as I say again, to me, as not a, not a yeah. doctor. But, when the doctor's report come back, I still thought he's alright. BSA sees something that we don't see. Now when I say BSA, I'm talking about doctor, the doctor's lady that looked at it, and they see something, you know, we need to go and sit and talk to them. Unfortunately, it's something to talk. I can't just um, leave it there, but it's something that we have to talk about. Um, and, and, and also then work to Jared through what he went through now. Um, I mean, Jared is ready to fight. If you can hear Jared, mm. that man is so ready to fight, it's unreal. So we kept him, we asked BSA, must we keep him on the board? BSA said, yes, keep him there. If... He passes everything he will get his license. Mm. If. Now, that doesn't happen. And and, and we weren't promised. We weren't promised the license. I just kept on saying, we're going to get it because there's nothing wrong with you. We're going to mm. get it. There's nothing wrong with you. Okay. No, and I, yeah. I hear you, Andre. We've actually got BSAC or Mr. Tsulili Jaka on the line. He's been listening to this conversation and we'll give him an opportunity to respond. But we're going to take a quick break. Uh, for those who want to weigh in on the conversation, our studio number is 0891104207. SMS is 41391. And voice notes on WhatsApp 0614104107. SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musiya on Twitter. So let's now speak to the CEO of Boxing South Africa, Mr. Tsulu Lijaka, who joins us on the line. Mr. Lijaka, thanks again for uh, speaking to us. You probably speak to us more than your family these days, but thanks again. <laughs> no, thank you very much, Tabiso. It's always an honor to be on your platform. Uh, uh, we really appreciate what you're doing for us. Yeah, we've just heard from Jared and his promoter, and uh, Jared feels that he's being treated unfairly here by BSA. Uh, from your side, why was he not cleared to fight? Tabi, uh, so this is, I must start by saying this is very painful to us as well <laughs> as Boxing South Africa. Um, it's not an easy decision to arrive at where you have to decline offering a registration certificate to any athlete. But at certain points, that has to happen. And whenever it happens, it is in the interest of the boxer mm. uh, or the athlete generally. Um, important timelines to note on the subject. Uh, I think Andre and also Jared has also spoken about a lot of things, but on the 12th of August, we wrote to Jared. And the reason we wrote to him is because Jared was what we call a late applicant. Remember, applications for the license season 2019-2020 closed in May after an extension of two weeks. But he came late. He was not the only one. There was quite a few others who also applied late. So we 
we handled his application in that context. Uh, that here somebody who has gone through suspension for whatever uh, that he did in the past, he's pulled his life together and want to come back to sport. And that was the most beautiful narrative that we as boxing also, as boxing South Africa, wanted to assist. Um, but after we received his documentation, put it in the file, information arose, and, and that, that is now on record, that we, we received information that there's an issue, firstly, with Jared's eye, but secondly, the integrity of the paperwork in the file. We went through the file again, picked up some discrepancies, and wrote to Jared on the 12th of August that, Jared, we have got these findings. You have until the 14th to respond to us so that we can work together to resolve them. So that if we resolve them, you will then be licensed. So at this point in time, or at that point in time, we are talking to a Jared who is not licensed and who knows that he's not licensed. Uh, this culminated to Jared's visit to an ophthalmologist. And because we took this thing very seriously, the extent of support that we attached to it, the director operations even accompanied him to the ophthalmologist. Mm. Uh, the report of the ophthalmologist was circulated on the was received on the 22 of August, and in the first paragraph of that report, it confirms something which says that at the age of 16, he had a particular surgery, and I will not be specific because these are medical issues, but. Just that paragraph, just that confirmation. It's like, Tabiso, if there's a law at SAFM that says that once you have had a voice operation, mm. you can't be a host of a show. Immediately you sign and confirm that, yes, I've had a voice operation. Just that alone is a problem because you are non-compliant. And then it will then also, maybe if the law then says that for you to be a show, a host of a show, your voice must be of certain decibels in terms of sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, you you reach lower than that, again, there's a problem there. So I'm I'm giving this as example, and because I want to respect the medical privacy of Jared. So our hands are tight. It's a very painful decision, and I understand the, the, the frustration on Jared's side because we too would have loved to see him come back to the sport and box, but there's something that is standing between us and that desire, and it is the law. It is not politics. It is not administrative clumsiness. It is the law. And once you sign and say, yes, I've had a voice operation, the person that takes your form, having declared that and still allow you to be on the show, their, their blame is now moving from you, who have declared, to the one who's choosing to disregard the law and still usher you into a platform which by law you are not supposed to be. So it's painful. But this is where but we you are. look after the safety the of the boxers. I'm saying, but your interest is the safety of the boxers, as you mentioned um, earlier on. Now, he says he had this operation when he was 16 or 17, and uh, he was able to fight after that. Then, are you able to explain why he was cleared after that, or was the law not in place? The law was in place at that point. Uh-huh. Uh, let me give you an example, Tadish. In, in, in government, there's something that they call PILA, you know, like. That an employee can come with a medical certificate, you know? and the doctor that would have processed him would have issued that certificate because of the guards that are down. But when you medically test somebody for sport, 
you become thorough, you become paranoid, and you close all the gaps. So, the, when I speak about the integrity of the paperwork, I don't know what paperwork we haven't gone as far back as the period preceding 2011. And I, I wouldn't properly know what my predecessors at that point were presented with and what was the basis of their decision. But what I also know myself is that we have escalated this to another ophthalmologist. It means that Jared brought paperwork mm-hmm. and we've got a tip of that. There's a, the integrity of that paperwork is questionable. So uh, uh, that's another issue on its own. It could just be that, you know, uh, whoever that was doing the test just did it and didn't pay attention or what, I wouldn't know. But what I know is that we then said to him on the 12th of August, we want to take you to an independent ophthalmologist with us being there and we give you a right to choose an ophthalmologist of your choice. We then went, and the results are what is now on the table. So I, I honestly am not able to give you a firm answer around how his issue was handled before 2011 and what type of paperwork mm-hmm. facilitated the decision. But at this point in time, as I am the incumbent, the paperwork in my disposal, the signature and the declaration that he himself has made renders him non-compliant with two important aspects of the regulations. Now, before we spoke to you, uh, Jared and, his, and the promoter, Andre, had said that, uh, the, well, I, I was made to believe that there seems to be a misinterpretation of what the doctor had said. They believe that the doctor had cleared him. Boxing SA doesn't agree. But you're saying that's not even the point. The point is that he had an operation and the regulations or the, the, the rules don't allow him to fight. Yes, there is there is two aspects to that. There's the first paragraph. I mean, when a doctor, by his own signature says, he has previously had a da-da-da-da-da operation at the age of this age. That alone, from the ophthalmologist's side, but also from his own declaration. Because, you know, sometimes in boxing, you need to be super careful. Mm. A person sometimes wants to perform. When there is a, a, a section in the regulations that he's supposed to declare, they skip that conveniently. So he doesn't say yes or no. But when we went through a fine comb through his file and we picked up these things, we didn't see this right. Can you tell us, is it a yes or a no? And his own answer already, even before we got to what the ophthalmologist said, it was already pointing to a non-compliance. Mm. So, so, so for the sake of clarity, what did the ophthalmologist say then? Was he, was he cleared, putting this fact that he had an operation at 16 or 17 aside? Remember the ophthalmologist, what he will do, he will do two things. He will say that, yes, I can confirm there was an operation. And secondly, I can confirm this is the score. All right. And then when you now get into the regulations, the, the, the regulations, effective vision, both eyes not less than 10 for myopia or 20 over 100 for hyperopia. So these things, Tabiso, is not for me as an administrator to interpret them. They then get interpreted by the chief medical officer. So the next step, which Jared and his management team were supposed to, to, to honor, was to meet with our chief medical officer. And we tried to keep this as confidential and respectable as possible. And that's why our communication from the team has been listening to Jared and then notifying the promoter that, listen, there's an issue here. Uh, and as a result of this issue, the license is not issued yet. We are calling for additional medical tests. So the chief medical officer would have then interpreted that part. So what requires complications
indicated medical interpretation is the second one, 3-2-E. But the one that says that a certificate of registration shall not be issued to a boxer if he or she suffers from the following medical condition. And then it says retinopathy, a retinal detachment, or history of eye surgery. That one is a straightforward administrative. Once a person has confirmed the existence of those ones, it does not even need a medical practitioner. The one that needs a medical practitioner is the one that speaks about the scores of vision because it wants specialized knowledge. So CEO, pending the application to fight again to be cleared, was he and his promoter then within their rights to promote the fight? Uh, sorry, can you just repeat that? I'm again? saying, were they within their rights then to go ahead and promote the fight and put him on the posters and say that he's fighting pending this application to be cleared? Pending, yes. <clears throat> pending, mm. yes. But I had a discussion with the promoter. The poster, the, 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 the print advert does not have Jared. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to understand, where does this issue of Jared arise? And then she can explain to me that on electronic adverts carried by the broadcaster and on editorial promotion of the fight, Jared was mentioned. But the official poster does not have Jared because we question our licenses all the time. That never in your promotion of a tournament promote a boxer that has not been cleared. Mm. Even if it can be such a small thing that you believe it's easy to sort, don't do that. Alternatively, if you promote, you must indicate that this is subject to final approval so that the consumer, the follower, the spectator, the lover of boxing, at any point understands what is the real position in respect of the promotional advert. Okay. So then you just the last one on this matter, you're saying that you've taken it for another opinion? No, no, no. From our side as Boxing South Africa, we will not be taking it from any opinion. Uh-huh. What we owe to Jared is a sit-down and a debrief, a counseling, because uh, this, this is not supposed to be broken this way. And I, I spoke to his manager, mm. uh, I think it was yesterday, and, and the point was that we, we need to come and sit together, because I can understand the emotions, they are flying high, uh, there were expectations, those expectations are now shattered, but we need to work together to move beyond this impasse. And that's why between the 12th and now, almost 16 days, we have been working close and being as supportive as we can, we're as hopeful as we can, but as it will be, the medical outcome, unfortunately, is adverse and it has caught us as well by by surprise. We are disappointed, but we need to respect the law. Okay. Now, CEO, another matter that's come to our attention, a very unfortunate case, this, that we've been talking about, but let's look at the next one. One, It's, it's the review of the fight between Ukuse Siakolo and Nkolisa Makusha, and um, I think we can use this chance also to educate ourselves and our listeners here. Firstly, the original result was a unanimous decision by the judges. What's the process of asking for a review? Or we can stick to this case, we can make an example of this case. Who wrote to you? What was the complaint? How does it work? All right. Uh, <clears throat> specifically on this one, uh, after the fight, uh, there was obviously uh, a lot of uh, back and forth from the boxing community. Others saw it this way, others saw it that way. Uh, but that is not where PSA gets involved. PSA gets involved at a point when either camp officially right to protest. So the camp, Kuse's uh, camp, wrote and said that they believe that they have been hard done, uh, they don't agree with the decision, and they motivated it in the way that they did. 
And then we said, to, we, we, the, the, so the procedure in this case is that uh, when there's protest, there are things that can't even arise, irrespective of whether or not we go into a review. Firstly, the results of that bout stand. So it is not going to be declared a no contest. It's not going to be treated as if it never happened. Mm-hmm. So we clarified those things to the camp, uh, Kusa camp. And they said, okay, we accept it. And then it also indicated that the cost for the review panel will need to be carried by the complainant. It's an administrative requirement. Mm. And the camp, uh, Kusa's camp said, yes, we are happy. So we constituted the panel, independent review panel. They watched the fight. And they were split. So you've got three people, two saw it that way, one saw it this way. And their results differed with the results of uh, the officials who were at the tournament. Mm-hmm. So in boxing, these things do happen. And when they happen, uh, the convention and the practice is that you then can only offer a rematch as a reprieve. You can't reverse the results. You can't treat the fight as a no contest. And that is where we are now. We are at the point where the review took place over the past weekend. We have written to both camps in some them. Uh, we have also indicated to them that uh, there, there are current obligations which Makusha have, which she must then honor. And subsequent to that, we will then outline the process for this rematch. So when they wrote this complaint, did they just ask for a review? Did they ask for a rematch? Or, or what do the regulations say about whether you must order a rematch or, 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 or declare a winner, actually? Did they ask to be declared winners or did they ask for a rematch or just for a review? They, 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 they asked for a review and then they went hypothetical that in the event the review is different, we request you to take the following actions. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm now saying that we immediately said that we can't therefore wish the results away. But what is good is that uh, the Kuse camp themselves, they are seasoned boxing uh, practitioners, they've been in the sport long, and, and when they even flagged that out, they didn't flag it, they said as an option. It was not something that they say this is what we demand. So we just clarified that, colleagues, you know as well, as we know, that we can't go this way. Uh, there is convention, there is practice on how these things are, are done, uh, and then the most that will come out of it, should the results differ with the primary and the initial results, will be a rematch. And, and that is how uh, uh, the matter was handled, and this is where we are at, 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 at this point. Now, if, as you said, your three judges in the review came to a split decision, does it not say then it's probably a very hard fight to judge this one because even they don't agree? It was a hard, hard fight to judge, Tabizo. Uh, and, and everybody that I speak about say to me that, you know what, uh, at some point I had it two points in favor of this one, I had it three points in favor of that one, but I also can understand where the judges come from. And I think this shows to the quality of contest and talent that we have in the ring. And boxing people, uh, they, they, they live with this experience. You know, uh, you will have instances, Triple G, Canelo, uh, the fight happens, and then other people still know it's not been a technical draw, others feel this way, and then it, it goes on a rematch. So this is, a, this, this is the reality of this sport called boxing because the adjudication is based on the three people and how they see the fight. You might have seen it differently, but at that point, the people that were entrusted with the fight did their best. They saw.
saw it the way they saw it, and they adjudicated and gave the results. Different panel comes in, look at it, and they too are split. So it, it tells you how tight. Uh, so the, then the what gives the review panel then the authority then uh, to order a rematch when they also couldn't agree? No, no, no. Okay, let, let me separate something, uh, Tabi. Or why would they say that the original scoring was not fair then? Because they also couldn't agree. And I gave the scoring earlier on. It was a unanimous decision Decision there, I think, from Lulama Mkia, uh, Siava Baza, and Stembila Tom. Okay, let, let, let's separate something. The, the decision on what then happens about the scores it, it, it's, it's a BSA decision. So there is no review panel that sits and order the rematch. The review panel sits down, look at the fight, and score it. And on the basis, obviously, of the majority view, the decision then says that this is the boxer who, according to the review, ought to have won. And then that now becomes a package which PSA must apply mind to. That, okay, we solicited independent opinion. Independent opinion brings a victor different to the primary judges. And we now have an impasse. To break the impasse, we will call for a rematch. So that is how the process happened. So Makusha is still the winner. This is just a rematch. Yes, yes. No, no, no. There's no there's no dispute. Makusha is the winner because the judges that viewed the fight at that point saw it in that particular way and they issued that judgment. Are you saying they were Makusha, right? Sorry, sir? Are you saying they were right then? If he stays on as the winner? Under, under the circumstances, that they operated under. They, 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 they saw it. And honestly, we have no reason to believe foul play, to believe unethical conduct at this point. And then the second point I wanted to indicate is that Makusa would have only, uh, the fight would have only been declared a no contest if, let's say, we had picked up things like anti-doping. Mm-hmm. If it goes there, then yes, you can nullify the result. But if it is purely on the basis of what the judges say, then uh, we, we can't reverse the decision. Okay, see. So, oh, thanks for that uh, lesson then. Uh, I think we need to have more of these sessions where we educate each other about the rules and the laws and the regulations of our favorite sport here in uh, boxing. But thanks, see. Oh, there was a lot to chew on uh, this evening and thanks for being available to speak to us. Thanks to Jared. Um, sure, it's a very sad situation at this one. Uh, it looks like it's over, but let's see what happens. They're going to meet the parties and uh, discuss a way forward here. Our time is really up and uh, there are up premiership matches on the go. The game I'm watching on TV, goal is between Pirates and Golden Arrows in Orlando. I did see there's a goal between Celtic and Sundown. Sundown's leading 1-0. Musa Libusa with the goal there. And uh, I can't see the other scores from the other games uh, so far. But uh, there's lots of action in the Absa Premiership tonight. But our time is really up. Up next will be Songez Omapeta. But first, we go to news.